Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the White Sox Talk podcast. I'm Chuck Garfine talking all things White Sox in season, off season, all seasons. We're here every Tuesday or as White Sox news breaks. And so you don't miss a single White Sox podcast, hit the button to subscribe. It's right there on your phone so you can listen whenever you want. With me today, we have two of our resident White Sox experts, Ryan McGuffey and Chris Kampka. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Yeah. 2017 has arrived. The rebuild is here. The rebuild is here. But do you hear that sound? Silence. Silence. There's nothing going on. It's too quiet. I mean, we got... Nothing. I, mean, I want a rumor. I got nothing going on with not only the White Sox. Well, let's start the whole, all the Major League Baseball. This was like, oh, let's start them. Right? Yeah, this was like the six weeks of the Chris Sale podcast that we did before. Something a lot of rumors then, but but there's we have silence. we don't even have a rumor. Well, that's fine. I mean, yeah. things will develop. It's just we don't it's need a domino a rally. One one starts and the rest fall into place. Well, I think the holidays had a lot to do with it sure. uh, because there's not a lot of business going on, serious business. I think we're going to start seeing things pick up, but my there's point, a lot of incomplete rosters right now in baseball. A uh, yeah, lot. Yeah. So lot. yeah, there's go, there has to be because what we're, we're almost less than six weeks away from the start of spring training, which is hard to believe. So I think it's 90 days until opening day. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. The gas pedal is going to go. For, it's probably about 15 miles an hour right now. It's going to go straight to like 75 here pretty soon. So do you think because of the return the White Sox got for Eaton and for Sale that might have slowed down or even paused the market, the, tr- the trade market, the yes. free agent market, because of the expectations of teams out there thinking, well, if the White Sox got this for sale and this for Eden, we want the same. And that includes the White Sox trying to trade Quintana. They want an equal return. Absolutely. I mean, look at the White Sox got, and you're going to compare it, and teams are going to say, well, if we're going to do d- – business with these guys they're going to expect this so a little hesitant but I mean don't be alarmed by that Um, first of all good on the White Sox for having high standards and making sure they get everything Mm -hmm. second of all you know it's just a time to gauge interest gauge what's available there's talks there's things going on we're just not hearing about them and they're gonna happen uh, especially if we get closer and closer to the beginning of spring training there's a lot left to be done like you said a lot of trades, and some even within this division, because we you know the Tigers want to slash payroll. Uh, the Twins have the Brian Dozier thing hanging over. Some some teams going to be interested. I in love him. that the Tigers yeah. want to slash payroll, and they haven't done it yet. What have they done? It's it's awesome. well, they nothing. signed Avila. Yeah, they got they got a son back. But well, I mean, making amends over the holidays within the family. <laughs> That's worth a ton <laughs> of money. That was definitely number one on their list for sure. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I I don't think the sale trade as much slowed things down as as the Eaton one did. The Eaton one, I think, got teams excited, like the Colorado Rockies trying to move Blackman. I don't know if they really want to move Blackman, but the, the Rockies are really interesting this offseason. They are. I mean, two- they're, they're trying to contend. First of all, they have a team that's loaded with young stars. You know, David Dahl, uh, Nolan Arenado. John Gray had a really nice season under the radar last year, 
granted that he's in Colorado. So they're going to be looking to pick up some pieces. But they why do think you trade they, Blackman? But, but I love they Blackman. Trade because they have a glut of outfielders. And That's they, why. And they think, well, look at look what Adam trade Eaton cargo. just But my point is, oh, they, they trade cargo. It's not bringing in any return. You're comparing Blackman to Eaton. Yes, I and see. I think teams are going – they're looking at rosters going, okay, we have a surplus here. What, look what Adam Eaton got. Can we get this from other teams too? And there's a lot of rockets for flexibility bringing in Ian Desmond. Yeah, they say right now first base, he could easily be outfield. Yeah, I mean, I use Blackman Moore as kind of like an underlier for like all of baseball. That people are going, wow, we value this guy, but maybe he's worth more in the marketplace than we think he is based on what the White Sox have gotten back in two trades. If they want to trade Blackman, what they need to do is they got to go back in time. they got to go to the winter meetings. <laughs> you got to go with the Nationals who want to make a splash, and you got to make a deal with Rizzo. Oops, yep. Sox did that. Sorry, Blackman's not getting one in. Don't you and think, though, the a little bit, though, that – Team saw, oh, that's just Rizzo um, panicking at the winter meetings in his backyard. So maybe, I don't know, because you got to think, not take that seriously, right? Because the package for Eaton is what I'm talking yeah. about. He's, nobody else is going to do that. I think it's well understood, right? I would think so. But, I mean, there's an article written on, uh, I think it was Espen, about Rizzo in his trade history. If you look at it and read it, he really has never lost a yeah, trade. Yeah. So. While the package is, it was significant, let's be honest. And we all hope that it turns out, out to be in, in much greater favor for the White Sox and the Nationals. We don't know. Well, no, yeah. We, we was, just, we don't know. There was a lot of question marks about Giolito, right? Yeah. Took this little step back in 2016. The spin rate on his curve is just not right, not quite what you want it to be. So it was a concern because that was one of his major weapons. So, well, so it's a comparison maybe they know of what something. You... It's always a question of maybe they know something that you don't. I mean, but as far as the White Sox are concerned, you, well, you can't be I mean, worried about at, that. I mean, don't first bring, I mean, the the Cubs got a stud closer for Jorge Soler. So don't just use the look. The market is the market. Damn. There are impressive pack. If you want a a young player under team control for a number of years, you're going to have to give up some kind of great talent, whether it be young or a closer like Wade Davis, who is going to get paid next offseason. Okay, so Jose Quintana, does he get traded this offseason? I next still think season, he does. Or during the season? I still think this offseason. You do? I think, yeah, if you're going to go through with the sale and Eaton, you might as well finish it off. See, well, I don't necessarily you gotta, agree you with that. Get, you got to get the I don't, return. I, I actually thought uh, – I thought heading into the holidays that Quintana would be the opening day starter for the White Sox. I just didn't see a third scenario that was going to just line up. Plus, I think the White Sox are happy going into the season knowing that they have at least one horse to count on and they could revisit this next offseason. Because this rebuild, Sox fans, I know you're listening, let's pump the brakes. This is a two, at least a two-year rebuild in terms of two offseasons, at least I, I think on paper. And I think that's what the White Sox plan on doing as well. But – after hearing what all of these yeah, rumors, I know, I think Quintana could absolutely be moved. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm more 50-50 than I was before. Right. The teams that uh, I'd heard called, and not just called, had gave offers for Quintana were the Astros, Pirates, and the Braves. And a couple of other teams have made some feeler calls, but they were good offers. And the White Sox don't want good offers. They want great offers because you've got a piece like Quintana. You're not just going to. That's a good offer. Let's trade them. No, we want what we feel is market value for Quintana, and it's right up there. And I know your Yankees, and I, and I, I know the Yankees are, have been a big part of this rumor stuff. But Chuck, you can confirm that the Yankee stuff has kind of come out of left field. And really well, it, it right. was old, 
older news, what yeah. I was told. This There was discussions with the Yankees and Quintana and maybe the Pirates with McCutcheon, but it was a discussion that happened weeks ago and really never got any further than, hey, we're going to get close to doing it. That's I, what I was I still saying. think a three-team trade for Quintana makes a lot of sense in the long run if it were to happen before opening day or before spring training opens because I do think that there might be a team that's unwilling to part with as many valuable pieces as, like, the Nationals just gave up or the Red Sox gave up for Chris Sale. But they're willing to deal with, well, hey, we have one, we'll give you one guy that we project to be a stud, but we're going to need this team's young stud too – and we're going to get Quintana, and you're going to get McCutcheon. Yeah. I'm using the Pirates as an example. I, I don't know. I just feel like what's going to happen is there's we talked about dominoes with the sale trade, and then it just the game stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we needed some more dominoes to fall, yeah. and then things will start happening because the Pirates have to say, okay, who who are we yeah. next year? What team are we going to have? I think a couple the Braves of- have to be like, with this new stadium, is this the team we want? Or do we need to like go ahead and make that bigger splash? And I think yeah. between I'll say now and early February, yeah, that's when Basically in the we'll next fill, month here. Yeah, we're going to figure out what the answer is to that uh, is. So I want to go over uh, free agent spending, and I can't compare this off the top of my head to how other seasons, off seasons, have gone, but. We're not getting the offers that we saw in the past, the, the, the money. And I think some of it might have to do with all the big names next year that are available. Mm-hmm. Maybe people are saving their money for next year's free agent class. But let's just look at the American League Central. Uh, $90 million has been spent in the offseason by the entire division. Well, Joanna Cespedes got $110 million by the Mets. Yeah. And the American League Central has spent $90 million. 60 of it went to Edwin Encarnacion, $24 million went to Jason Castro, and $6 million went to Derek Holland, which the White Sox got Derek Holland. Well, the, well why? And the, and the answer, I would think, is, first of all, the, the free agent class isn't that good, and the guys who are available are guys who are a little advanced in age or limited position-wise, yeah. right? You got Napoli still there. You got Bautista still Rumbo. there. Encarnacion was a question, too, because he's, he's already in his 30s. So yeah. I think that has to do with it, and teams more and more a little more hesitant to spend money on the guys past 30. Because how many times have you seen these contracts? The Pujols contract going to be paid into his 40s. Um, Cano's going to be paid at age 40. And um, we're seeing prospects coming in and making immediate impacts. So they're thinking, you know what? Instead of giving $40 yeah, million to well, player A, let's just try player B who's in AAA. Yeah, the cost control thing, the yeah. team control. That's, Plus, that's huge. look at the division, though. The one team that is <laughs> coming out of, you know, going to Game 7 of the World Series is the team that went out and spent for Edwin Encarnacion. I think it's a great Which move for the Indians. It's the smartest move for them. You know what, though? It's not smart. It's obvious. Yeah, yeah. To well, me, I'm like, yeah, spend the money. You're going to win your division by 30 games. And they didn't. Like, t- they got him in a bargain. They got, they got yes. Encarnacion in a bargain. He turned down four for 80 Blue Jays right away. By the way, I exaggerated. They're not going to win by 30 games. They'll win by 13. Now, they could win by 30. And, and listen, because <laughs> my point, the thing is with the Indians, they would seal the deal. You know what? We made the World Series. Let's pile on and confirm it and make sure we yes, get this. Why? Yes. Because the Royals are going backwards. Right. The White Sox are rebuilding. Here's your window. All the other teams are question marks. That's why, the, that's that's make why three sure players they get have been signed in the AL Central. Right. Two of them by the right. Twins so, and White Sox. So I don't think it's a smart move. It was the obvious one. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, they, like, if they don't replace Mike Napoli with – 
a guy, guy that's way better than They him. can lose on the Encarnacion deal and still be fine. Like, the Tigers could say that they wanted to move people, do nothing, and win the division. In that, and they still could, too. I mean, yeah, Detroit's still – I mean, any team with Miguel Cabrera and Justin yeah. Verlander, I mean, it's not ridiculous. Yeah, well, the only division that's spending money – Really, real serious money is the National League West. Justin Turner, uh, sixty-four million. Kenley Jansen, eighty. That Dodger money. Ian Desmond, seventy million. Melanson, sixty-two. Rich Hill, forty-eight million. Three of those guys so, are Dodgers. Those are Dodgers. So three hundred twenty-four million dollars going to the uh, National League West. So take out Edwin Encarnacion's money, and the American League Central has spent a grand total of thirty million dollars. Okay, uh, one other topic, and then we're going to be moving on to Hall of Fame stuff, which is. Uh, an interesting topic. We'll get to that in a moment. But so, who are the White Sox going to use to fill up their roster? Would they spend money on any f- more free? When I say more free agents, will they spend it on Derek Holland? Looking it, forward to this list because I purposely didn't want to hear the names before we did. Yeah. This. So I'm. This is all uh, new to you guys. We, Guff, you and I have discussed one of these guys before. Okay. This won't come as a surprise. But so here's what I came up with. I'm not saying all these guys are perfect matches. I just c- kind of threw them out here because they all bring up an interesting. I don't know. Discussion. Okay. Colby Rasmus. Yeah, that seems like that, okay. that seems like a. Are you, you going to list them or are we going to do individual? Uh, okay, Cole. Uh, well, if, if I'm going to say the name, and if, if something pops up and you want to say something, add something to it. Do it. If I wrote not, his name down. I'm looking for. I'm looking for name two. Okay. Jake but, Jake Peavy. Nah. No. To fill the rotation. Fill out the rotation. No, too injured. I don't prone. think he has. If an you're going to bring in a guy. to win. No, but listen. If he you're going to bring no in a free agent guy, have a guy with a. History of durability. Peavy's always injured. <laughs> Chuck, you and I know Jake Peavy. That's not no, no chance. Okay, okay, okay. I, I'm not saying these are perfect matches because right. there really aren't any. Sure. Coco Crisp. Yes. Yeah, I think so. A little yes. injury history too there. Yeah. Coco well, Crisp. These are. I mean, this is bottom of the Coco barrel. Crisp. Some of this. No, yes. I'm saying one year, four if, million, if, no doubt. Yeah. If you're the White Sox, though, what sense does it make bringing in guys that are going to be injured? Because he's Melky Cabrera's replacement once Melky's gone. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of other guys you can choose though. Okay. Yeah, like now this is, Co- or DJ, I mean, these guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm sick of seeing some of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, right I now it's really bleak. I mean, you got uh, Charlie Tilson, well, Ryan Liriano. Tilson, at least I'd like to see. Yeah, but, I mean. I'm talking about the guys that have come up here and record. played. I don't want to see Jason Bourgeois, who played yeah. Charlie No, I mean, year. yeah, if you're going to bring in some guys, at least create a little intrigue. Yeah. Are we going to see Avi Garcia as a starting right fielder? Yes. Yep. In a rebuild, you are. No question. But he's to, still young. You know what's going to happen? Stop. To, just to frustrate you, he's going to hit 282 with like 27 homers. That's year. not going to frustrate me. It would. That's going to be me. awesome. Yeah, I think. Yeah. If, if, no. If, see, if, oh, okay. It's going to frustrate. I will. Okay. Guff, like, where no. were you when you were actually contending? I, uh, it's it's eight bats, two out eight. Oh, because you didn't do it before. Is that it's what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what though? Yeah, it's totally understandable. I would say, you know what? He was a late bloomer, and my goodness, he turned Your it around. Your patience is incredible. Your wife must love you. Okay, so all right, here's one that I know is this. This is the perfect match. Okay, Jason Hamill. Absolutely, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. saying that one for yeah, three yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? He's generally he's durable. the Derek Holland type. Except he's going to cost you more. He's going to cost. Right. He's, he's going to have money to spend. He's going to cost you probably a two-year commitment. So I think the Sox are kind of laying in the weeds. I don't want to say they're laying in the weeds, but they're waiting to see what the market is for Jason Hamill. And I think Hamill has interest. You do? should float that out there. Floating that out it's there? Not, it's, 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 not just, it's not an educated guess. I'll put okay, it that you have way. a little information there, but you're just, you, you think he might be interested. In I think that I know, he, I know how much he loves Chicago okay. and his family's here. Um, so I, I think the idea of staying in Chicago for, you know, in a city that he loves with his family really would intrigue him. And it would, he may be willing to take maybe less commitment in terms of years Obviously, dollars too. Okay. In order Wouldn't to be comfortable. 
Wouldn't you know, hate it. Plus, he's flippable. You know, if he, and he's he, a great soundbite. Great soundbite. Yeah. I think he's great, too, for a young team, with, especially yeah. with all this young pitching you went out to. A guy who goes about his business, does it the right way. As you said, a great soundbite, good guy. Okay, and then here's one. I, I just saw his name. I'm thinking, hmm, Pedro Alvarez? Mm. Yeah. He had 22 yeah, he, homers in, right. in 376 plate appearances. His batting average wasn't so bad. He falls into the category of intriguing. Because, listen, if you're going to fill a roster, at least have some guys that are fun to watch. Pedro Alvarez <laughs> can erupt for 35 homers. In that, and that, yeah, you had Chris Carter, too. Guaranteed right field, yes. Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Are we he thinking one-year deals for these guys? Yeah, because yeah, that's all yeah. they're probably going to get. And they'll okay. probably take Maybe it. two. Yeah. Maybe but two. That's the kind of guy you Alvarez want. Alvarez, I'm in right? on. Okay. Although, I'm out on Crisp now. I just crossed Crisp off. Okay. There you go. They're kind of they're kind of um, blocked on position, right? Because you got a Brayu locked in first base. Now you still have the DH. You need a DH. What you can do there. Yeah. I love Chris Carter. And can Alvarez, Alvarez play third at all still? Uh, uh, no. Probably in a, That's uh, That's a great question, no. Ryan McGuffey. I see where you're going there. Okay. I mean, if you have to. I okay. mean, you don't care, right? Well, Lori might be over at third. I'm just, you know, you know where I'm Frazier's going there. Not here. I know yeah. where you're going. By the way, and I, I just full disclosure, I put Petey's name there just because. I, I like I like I, I miss Peavy. I did too. <laughs> but that's fine. Speaking of a great soundbite. I mean, yeah, I know. That's fine. So, that's why we talked about last podcast, AJ. Yeah, yeah. Right? I and yeah, I think that that would be an incredible Good signing. I mean, he's not, gonna, he's not going to produce, but he's intriguing. He would <laughs> produce fun. probably more than any catcher in the last five years since he left. 50 uh, 50 chance on that, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, we're going to see. We're going to. I like that list. You like that list? I'm going to keep this list here and we're going to touch uh, on it in a, I got two in a couple circles. of weeks. I got two circles going. on there. Jason Hamill, once Q, whether Q's traded or not, and Alvarez. Those are my two circles. All Everybody right. else you can keep. All right. We're taking a break here on White Sox Talk Podcast. Coming up, will Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens be inducted into the Hall of Fame? What do we think about that, and what would it mean for baseball? That and more coming up on the White Sox Talk Podcast. We're back in a moment. CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at csnchicago.com slash podcasts today. All right, we're back here on the White Sox Talk podcast. Chuck Arfine here with Ryan McGuffey and Chris Kampka. So the Hall of Fame induction class will be announced on January 18th. Former Sox outfielder Tim Raines seems like a lock to get in. Hope Hallelujah. So. Yes. Uh, Jeff Bagwell as well seems like a lock to get in. At least that's what people are saying. But behind the scenes, there is a, a shift, a change, maybe even you can call it a movement, to get two of the biggest alleged steroid users into Cooperstown. We're talking Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. They appear to be getting closer to the 75% threshold needed for induction. Now, last year, Clemens received 45% of the vote, Bonds 44. It was the best they had done to date. This year, over 150 voters have cast their ballots already publicly. And a little over, that's a little over a third of the electorate. 21 voted for Bonds for the first time. 22 did the same for Clemens. So there's going to be a bump there. They could get over 60% of the vote this time. And if they get to 60 They've got five more years left on the ballot to get to 75. And normally, you see movements like this 
they get in eventually. So my question to you guys is, do you think they'll get in? And then more the bigger question is, should they get in? Yes and yes. Okay. Okay. Um, how did this movement start? It's quite easy. Um, when they voted in Sealing. Well, the Veterans right? Committee did. Right. Correct. Interesting take. Right? That's why. Because, all right, so the voters say, okay, Sealing's in now. And he pretty much gave a pass to all of this stuff going on. I don't on. know about that. Well, that's, that's the perception. The perception. Okay? That's, that's the perception. The reality, I believe, right. I don't want to interrupt you, but, the, inter- I, but I, the, the reality, I believe, is that the players fought it and fought it and fought it, and Donald's fear fought it and fought it and fought it. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you there, Chuck, okay? okay. okay? But the perception yes, is yes. Selig let it happen. So I think the voters see it and be like, you know what? If you figure that Selig is okay to be in, who allowed this to happen, reportedly or yeah. supposedly, then who cares anymore, right? Bonds, Clemens, they're in because they are transcendent. They would have been, and the argument, you can go on for days with this, they would have been in anyway. anyway. Okay, and there's a few other guys that are on that trail, but not quite. Bonds and Clemens are the two most obvious. So I think that the more, and you're going to get, Aside from that, anyway, there was a movement of the younger voters to say, you know what, they're good anyway, get them in, right? So it's, it's a, two things coming together at once. The Selig getting in, and then you have the voters, the younger voters, who tend to want to put them in. And you can, also, you can also add Tony LaRusso, who managed McGuire and Jose Canseco. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, so there's, there's that. was Joe Torre. He's That's, in the Hall of Fame. Who managed. All right, so. Uh, Kevin Cooney, he's a voter from the Courier Times in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. He had a good quote here in the New York Times, and it goes along with what you're saying, Chris. He said, quote, all of it just kind of struck a nerve with me, talking about Sela getting in. To me, it would be hypocritical to put the commissioner of the steroid era and a manager who had connections with the steroid era in and leave out the greatest pitcher and the greatest hitter of that time. And you also have Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle. She covers the A's, very respected writer. She said that the induction of Selig compelled her to reconsider how she would vote on this year's ballot for the hall. She argued that if Selig was being inducted, it was senseless, the word that she used, senseless to keep out players who were accused of using drugs. Let me take an aside here just okay, for a okay. minute. Okay. Now, Selig's in, that means five of the ten commissioners. That's half. Half of the commissioners, of half of the players got in, you have 9,000 Hall of Famers, which is, which is crazy. Yeah, is, but there's, so there's, there's only so many commissioners. Yeah, but they all, half of them need to be in the Hall of Fame. It's, you say you, would, you, wouldn't, you don't think Selig belongs in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I, him, yes. I don't know. You can make a case either way. I think that when you're the he wasn't for, as bad as everybody says he is. Let's say yeah, that. I yeah. think the things that he did for the positive outweigh the bad. Right. That's how I feel, and a lot of people disagree with that. But, I mean... Look what baseball's done. It's a rebound after the strike. They have, you know, and where it is now, it's it's pretty big. Okay, so if you had a Hall of Fame ballot, and gosh darn it, Chris Campa deserves a Hall of Fame I ballot. Should. Yeah, I, let me know. Whatever He's I got to do. more qualified than half the people yeah. who vote. So you, yeah, you'd have, have you filled out a Hall of Fame ballot for yourself? I kind I did. You know, I, I, I'll tell you who I would vote if I got That's chance. what I want to know. And I'll explain it. Okay, okay so Bonds Clemens, yes. Bagwell, yes. Um, Edgar Martinez, yes. Musina, yes. Reigns, Ramirez, Rodriguez. Ramirez yes, is yes, yes, yes. Manny Ramirez. Man, Ma- Manny's in, and so he, he's like so the his first, worst year the first year on the ballot. Kurt Schilling. For the PEDs. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Kurt Schilling's in? Kurt Schilling is in, and Larry Walker. 
Kurt yeah. Schilling. Hang on. All right, so Kurt Schilling. I got to catch up to a little bit of that. All right, checking so, this. Lyrics. So we'll go through all of them. All right. You know, explain. Edgar. Dude, the explaining bonds. I'm all about Edgar because you we got some DHs. Did you say Trevor Hoffman? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. No Hoffman. Interesting. And, you know, because he, I think he. So you have. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Just I won't. You have nine guys on now. your list? I have ten. Ten. I yeah. missed one. But that's okay. We can talk about it. All right, so go over it again. Okay, so Bonds, Clemens speak for themselves. Yes. Right? So let's go on down the line with Jeff Bagwell. I mean, he kind of speaks for himself. So if you take <clears throat> first baseman war since 1900, it goes <laughs> Garrick Pools. I love Pools, when Chris talks war. Garrick Pools, Fox, Bagwell. Okay. That's wow. fourth. Okay. Yes. And, and it's more than that. So He's the only first baseman with 300 homers and 200 stolen bases. Yeah. Over a seven-year peak from 94 to 2000, he had 309, 433, 593 with an average of 37 homers and 20 stolen bases. He was the premier first baseman in the National he League. Was, I always thought he was the National League t- rank. And, mm. Right. Well, they were consider- born on the same day. I know. I and al- both 94 MVPs. I, I always and, considered him the na- NL's Frank Thomas. And consider this. After the 2005 World Series, neither of them played for the Astros nor White Sox again. <laughs> so l- the little comparisons between yes. Thomas and Bagwell go on. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking fourth best first baseman um, since 1900. Okay. That's a Hall of Famer. He's me. a Hall of Famer. Okay. He's, so he's going to probably get in. On down the line. Reigns, you don't have to convince us. No. He should have been there a while well, ago. Just for, just for a moment, why not mention a little something on okay. Tim Reigns? Yeah, it's, it's a White Sox so podcast. Why isn't he in already? Well, well, there's the answer. Because he's the second best leadoff man of all time, I believe. For Ricky Henry. And the reason is he played concurrently with the best. That hurt him. If he played in a different era than Ricky Henderson, you'd probably be on already. Yeah, and if, yeah. I mean, the comparisons are amazing. If yeah. you take seasons with 70 walks and 70 steals since 1920, Ricky, seven, Reigns, five, everybody else combined, nine. If Rick is how Wow, if, I love that if one. If Tim Reigns played with his stats then, mm-hmm. if he played today, He'd be even more popular because why? Because on base percentage yes. is more appreciated, and yes. the stolen base percentage is off the chart. Career yes. 385 on base. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's excellent. He's exactly what you want in a leadoff man. He just happened to be overshadowed by the greatest of all time. When the White Sox got him, I I, I, I couldn't believe it. it. I either. could not believe it. They got right. him. Rain. It, yeah. it seemed surreal, right? Yeah. yeah. Even when he yeah that first full season, I, I'd watch the games. I'm thinking. Tim Raines is on the Sox. Because awesome. even then, I'm like, whoa, the Sox just got a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right? Helped, and Helped him win a ring. He will be. All, All right. right. So, Edgar Martinez, right? So, the argument against the DH is that he only hits. Well, what do pitchers do? They only pitch. <laughs> Every five days. So, it's days, a silly it argument. It really, is. it is. It's a and, bad and, argument. And, and DH is a position, and yep. he has been one of the very best at it. But you know why he doesn't? This is the struggle. I think it's all the National League beat writers who don't okay. believe. This. I'm not sp- saying oh, yeah. everybody. There's no. too many National League beat writers. But it's a rule in the game. But so they, like, how, they, mean, and they don't seem to understand or appreciate what the DH is all about. I think why, that's what's holding them back. And yet the National League beat writers appreciate when their pitcher hits 130 every year and destroys <laughs> all the rallies. Come on. Okay. So you have 10 players all time. With 310 batting average, 410 on base, 510 slugging. So I took it a step further. You know, 3, 4, 500. I went 310, 410, 510. Ten players can claim that. And here's the list of those ten players. <clears throat> yes. All right. Go ahead. So you got Babe Ruth, Jimmy Fox, Ted Williams, Lou Gehrig, Stan Musial, Hank Greenberg, Rogers Hornsby, and then Manny Ramirez, Todd Helton, and Edgar Martinez. Sounds, like sounds like a lot of Hall of Famers on there. 
Uh, we got to like talk about Manny all-time talent. You got Manny on your list. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, I mean, former White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox dog <laughs> podcast. But there's, there's I, 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 so where I'm trying to separate it from, and this is, you know, there are the the people we think did steroids, and the people mm-hmm. that we know took steroids, and there's the people who we know took steroids and got caught more than once. Yeah, and well, that's Manny Ramirez. Well, okay, you're gonna so put him in. You want to play the game where who took what and when? Nobody knows. I'm not bothering yeah. with it. Manny Ramirez is a Hall of Famer. From the player I saw, that's the Hall of Fame player. Okay? Okay. okay. So I have no problem putting him in. You know what? By the way. I'll tell you I'll, this. I'm glad I don't have a ballot. I, I, I will I know actually, what to do. Chris, I agree with you on Manny. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. I actually don't think he ever gets in, though, because of the multiple No, I agree. Offenses, he and probably I think people won't. will. By the way. That, that red flag will never. Because if he got caught, if he got caught twice. What 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 did he didn't what what did he not get caught doing? The other thing we love, like you know, what we're a build him up, break him down, build him back up against society, and we love remorse. And he's never shown it. And I think that that's another strike against him that he's never really done it. Yeah. Speaking of which, Sammy Sosa. Mm. Sosa. Okay. So. (laughs) Not on the list. Yeah. White Sox. White Sox. I'm I'm, I'm actually on the fence. Yeah. I Uh, say no. I. I Why are you on the fence? Okay. This is why, because in 98, when he had the great home run chase, he was there, plus he had 360 homer seasons more than anybody else. I mean, yeah. That, now, why that is Manny Ramirez in and not Sammy Sosa? Because he was a much better hitter. Yeah, he was a better hitter all around. I mean, he got on base 312, more. 312, 511, 585. That's his slash line. Yeah. Sammy Sosa, 273, 344, 534. Mm. Like it's, it's no, not, yeah, Ramirez was better for longer. Just a more more overall good hitter but than Sosa. Those four was. five seasons that he had, Sosa. No. Oh man. Yeah. Let's yeah. Say, now let me say this: If Sosa gets in, I wouldn't be angry. No, me. Either. I wouldn't mind it. I would get it because I think that, I mean, in this city, watching Sosa do what he did, he. I mean, just when you come to the plate, it's like something's going to happen. Over that stretch, he was exciting. He helped elevate the game of baseball. Now, whether or not he did it by the rules or not, that's you know. the case for Sammy Sosa, right? Bud Selig is the case for Sammy Sosa. Like Seelig and McGuire, that they like the three. That's like a three-headed monster because yeah, right. no one stopped it. That was the height of it. It allowed others to follow it, and baseball needed. Yeah, and yeah. because of and that, while all we're on that, that goes in. While we're on that subject, here's what I absolutely hate: when people use the steroid argument and say, "Well, it wasn't against the league rules in there." Well, you know what? It was against the law to have those drugs. <laughs> <laughs> the law supersedes baseball rules. What? I mean, seriously, when yeah. did that ever become a thing where baseball rules superseded the law? That's silly it's and sports. nonsense. It's sports. It's nonsense. not always reality. Okay, anyway. so who else you got? All right, so Ivan Rodriguez, I think, speaks for himself. The premier defensive catcher of his time. Yeah. Maybe those, one of the best of all time at Johnny Bench. Yeah, you he don't? had some question marks about PED use. Yeah, he, did, yeah he did, yeah. and his offensive peak was exactly at that time. From the team that... I feel like made steroids, Texas Rangers. Uh, but, uh, or the A's. That's true. The things, the though, what, what's interesting, I'm, gonna see, I'm curious to see how catchers will be getting into the Hall of Fame in the future because it's not always about offense. Well, yeah. It and used he, to only be about offense. Well, if you want to start talking about catcher defense being important, well, there's your guy. Yeah, yeah. Him and Bench are probably the two best great offense and great defense catchers. Plus, Rodriguez is one of two catchers all the time with 300 homers and 100 steals, and the other is Pudge. 
And I say Pudge because Pudge to me is Fisk. Rodriguez should get his own nickname. He's Ivan to me. But that's another that's another argument <laughs> yeah. for is another it, day. So wait, bringing up we just said about catchers. Where, where would you put Yadier Molina like ten years from now? Is he, yeah, is see, he, is he the case for like the first? He's very intriguing okay. because. That was kind of my The point. offense yeah. didn't come along until much later. Right. But the defense was so good. Right. And he's probably so long. this generation's best defensive catcher right. going. So well, I, think, I think he'll get in. But if that's the I case, think he, he will should, because that's the definition you, of a Hall of Famer. When you add the defense with the added offensive boost in later years, plus the success of the Cardinals, I think you have a possible Hall of Fame candidate right there. Okay. Who else I mean, is on your All right. So, Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling oh, should that's be a whole a, podcast. Well, yeah. He, well, I'm just going to make it brief. He should okay. be a Hall of Famer because he's one of the best pitchers of his era. And now I'm going to tie this in with Mike Mussina. Um, Moose definitely. So since 1950, there are 14 pitchers with at least 80 WAR for pitchers. 14. Clemens, uh, Seaver, Maddox, Johnson, Randy Johnson, Negro, yeah. Blylevin, Perry, Martinez, Carlton, Ryan, Jenkins. Bob Gibson, all Hall of Famers. I thought Burley Garland Contreras. Except Clem- yeah. Clemens is not a Hall of Famer, but we yeah. know his deal. Yeah. You've seen it in Schilling. Round out okay. that list. Okay. I mean, these are guys, I mean, and you throw away 300 wins. It's over, right? Yeah. How, many did five man how many did he end up with? 270. That's and, a lot. And Schilling or Moose? Moose. Yeah. Moose, it was a lot. Yeah. It, it was a lot then. He finished his career with 20 in his final season with a respectable ERA under four and a, three and a half. He could have continued on. He chose not to. He's one of the best 30 starting pitchers maybe ever. He's one of the best 15 in the last 60 or so years. Here's what's going to hold him back. A couple things. For him to get in, the writers have to dig deep to find what you just put yeah, out Yeah, but I think they should. Because, the and the old... reason why I say that is because when Mike Mussina played, was he ever? did, everyone, did anyone ever say, Hall of Fame pitcher. That no, is a Hall of Fame for pitcher. Like, he played for the Baltimore Orioles for right. Towards the years. end, it started getting whispers. Um, I think with you go out with the older writers, in with the newer yeah. writers, it's going to happen within the next couple of years. Okay, because I, I just I, – I would always have him on my fantasy team. I always liked Mike Mussina. Thought he was a great pitcher. Never felt that's a Hall of Famer. That's ten, a Hall of Famer. Ten seasons with at least five pitching awards. Yeah, something that not many guys. I'm not can saying match. he doesn't belong in there, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, I would have to, as a voter, I would have to do what you did, and and you should dig deep and find out that that was what Mike Messina was all about. I think more and more, more and more okay. writers are doing it. Right. Um, but back to Schilling, what you say ten years after your career is over should have nothing to do with anything. That's a Hall of Famer. Um, now the final guy I'm going to talk about is uh, Larry Walker. Larry Walker to me is a Hall of Famer. And one of the things that everybody does that I think is wrong is they say, well, look what he did on the road against this other player. And what they'll do is compare his road to this guy's overall, completely because of glossing, over, glossing over the fact that other players had home field advantages also. Larry Walker, it's almost 73 career war. Um, if you look at his road OPS, it's 865. It's better than Ken Griffey Jr.'s road war. It's better than Reggie Jackson's career road war. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who played great defense as well. What did he get uh, percentage-wise last time around? Um, oh. I don't know that offhand. Yeah. I will say this. He's off the radar right now. I'd say. His best season was 1997. Um, on the, 
At home, he hit 20 homers, 384, and 1169 OPS. On the road in his best season, he hit 29 homers with 1176 OPS. Okay. He was better on the road in his best season. Um, it's just, there's just so much you in his case. You got 15% of the ballots last year. Yeah, and I think that's unfair. I think <laughs> Larry Walker is a it's Hall of less Famer. Less than Jeff Kent, Fred McGriff. The, the Colorado bias is just, yeah. I think it's, it's too much. People go too far with that. These guys did great things with the situation they were given. He was and, good with the Expos. And they, they'll go to Todd Helton, too. I think that guy's a worthy guy to consider as well. But to me, Larry Walker was a great player. You know, the defense was there even with Montreal. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a Hall of Famer to me. All right. Well, we have uh, a couple of Hall of Famers here on the podcast oh. today. Ryan McGuffey and Chris Kampka, thanks for joining us. And uh, we will see where this White Sox team is at a week from today or maybe sooner. If there's a, a trade or some kind of move that happens, we'll uh, be here for you on the White Sox Talk podcast. And you can find all our podcasts at csnchicago.com slash podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single White Sox podcast on your phone or on your computer. We'll see you next time. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.